Mobile banking and payments have not been overwhelming sources of fraud, at least not yet. But as adoption of the mobile channel grows, so will risk. How will financial institutions protect their mobile channels, and how are mobile threats expected to evolve? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Julie McNelly, a research director at ITA Group, who says mobile risks are real, even if the financial industry is not yet feeling any pains linked to mobile fraud. McNelly will address those mobile security risks during a session that she's leading at the RSA Conference 2012. Julie, what can you tell us about the security of the mobile landscape as it exists today? Tracy, the uh, mobile security is, is highly fragmented today. Um, as we talk to financial institutions and, and e-commerce providers, um, many of them have mobile security deployed, but it isn't yet as robust as what they have in the online channel because nobody's really feeling a lot of pain. Um, the bad guys aren't really intensively targeting the mobile channel yet, but everybody expects that that will change as the volume and value of payments flowing through the mobile channel increases. Uh, we have performed a, a couple of, uh, of, of surveys of financial institution and e-commerce executives on this front. Uh, and in, the, uh, in November of 2011, we asked 24 global risk management executives responsible for uh, either financial services organizations, financial, financial institutions, or e-commerce platforms. We asked them a variety of questions about the mobile channel. Uh, 75% believe that the mobile channel poses risk because we don't yet fully understand the threat vectors. And another 88% believe that mobile channel is going to be the next point of exposure in the next big point of exposure in financial services fraud. So it's, it's something that has a lot of people concerned. So Julie, could you tell me how prevalent mobile banking and mobile payments are? Can you give us some idea about the number of institutions in the U.S. as well as internationally that are offering some form of mobile banking or payments? We have also performed a, a couple of different studies on that front. And in the North American market, uh, the vast majority of large institutions have a mobile banking presence. Um, the uh, Many of them have a mobile banking presence for both consumers and businesses. Um, and to the extent that the large institutions don't yet have a business presence rolled out, for almost all of them, it is on the 2012 roadmap. Um, looking at mid-size institutions, uh, the consumer mobile banking platform is, is much more prevalent, I would say, of the, uh, the mid-size institutions between 1 and 20 billion in assets that we interviewed. About half of them have a consumer mobile banking presence rolled out. Um, and, and about a quarter of those have a business mobile banking pr uh, platform on the 2012 or 2013 roadmap. From a payments perspective, this is something that we're also seeing a lot of activity in. Uh, consumers aren't yet adopting it in droves, um, but I, I think that uh, as we see more of the incentives rolled out for that, for that adoption, the, the loyalty, the couponing, everything else, I, I think that we will see that adoption increase. And is it possible, Julie, to break mobile banking out from mobile payments? Can you talk at all about which one poses the greater risk? At this point in time, it is absolutely mobile banking because that is where you have more utilization. Uh, we estimate that by the end of 2013, we're going to see about 44 million U.S. consumers using mobile banking. Um, that is also where you have uh, the, the value is flowing through there in terms of transaction value. Um, and, and it's also, you know, the, the attack vectors that we're seeing 
in the online channel are the most easily translatable to that mobile channel. So we're already seeing Zeus Trojans, Spy A Trojans, and all of those variants appear in the mobile channel, uh, compromising credentials. And it's the, the, the opportunities for cross-channel compromise are, are very interesting. Plus, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting things you can do on the mobile channel that you can't do online just because some of the unique nature of mobile. So we've already seen a couple of Trojans on the Android platform that are re- recording entire voice conversations and sending them back to command and control for you know, use in spoofing voice biometrics for social engineering purposes. Um, obviously, that's not necessarily a scalable attack method, but uh, it's, it's pretty unique to the mobile environment. Now, when we talk about the mobile environment, we've talked quite a bit about the fact that there isn't really any guidance from regulators regarding mobile interactions. Do you expect regulatory bodies like the FFIEC to get more involved in mobile initiatives in the near future? Absolutely. I've, I've had conversations with a few individuals from the, uh, the FFIC agencies, and they have indicated that they do have working groups working on mobile specifically. They also have indicated that uh, because of the language that uh, defines the current set of online authentication guidance to be for electronic transactions, that they believe that the, uh, the current set of guidance does have applicability to mobile. Now, as, as you read through it, there are obviously some things that are very specific to online, and there is recognition that uh, mobile will require its own unique set of guidance. Um, but for the time being, people should be using that existing FFIEC guidance for, for online as kind of their, their placeholder. Now, it has been suggested that perhaps other bodies and associations, such as NACHA, might be able to play a role here where it comes to guidance for enhanced mobile security. What role do you see some of these organizations playing to help financial institutions as they implement and move along the mobile channel? Well, to the extent that they can help to socialize best practices, that they have some enforcement mechanisms to help institutions to stay ahead of the of the fraud curve, um, I think that that's, that's all very helpful just so long as we don't get you know, kind of a, a patchwork environment out there that makes it very difficult to comply and to, to innovate in this environment. Um, yeah, I think that uh, one of the really valuable things that came out of the last FFIEC guidance was the requirement that institutions perform ongoing periodic risk assessments at a minimum on an annual basis or when new functionality is, is rolled out to the, uh, the remote channel. Um, so, so that right there is, you know, that forces institutions to have a discipline in place that um, makes them continue to look at what they're doing both from an innovation perspective and a fraud mitigation perspective relative to the threat environment. So I think to the, indus- to the extent that the industry can self-police and, uh, you know, it doesn't require guidance to, uh, to respond to the threats, that's, that's all good news from, from both the industry and consumers' perspectives. So let's talk a little bit about how all of these things kind of come together, Julie. Um, The FFIEC online authentication guidance, of course, was something that came about because of increases in ACH and wire fraud. When it comes to mobile, and I guess I would be talking about mobile payments specifically here, how concerning is ACH fraud? Well, today it's not at all. Um, We're not not seeing any of that in mobile. But as we do see mobile business banking rolled out, um, yeah, it, it's going to represent many of the same threat, uh, the threats and risks that online banking does in, in the business environment. Um, so you'll have some of the same opportunities for credential compromise. And even if you do have the, the mobile channel locked down in terms of the, the types of transactions you can initiate, 
that represents, it still represents a great opportunity for cross-channel fraud. Um, and especially as we see the, the increasing consumerization of devices and uh, people using their iPads for both business and uh, and personal and, you know, letting their four-year-old play, you know, their latest games on it. Um, it, it just represents, you know, such an increase in, in the risk environment that uh, it's going it, to, having an integrated mobile and online strategy will be critically important, particularly in that business channel. Now, during the peer discussion that you'll be leading at RSA, which takes place March 1st, you'll touch on mobile security and financial services. Can you give us some highlights? Sure, sure. It's going to be a roundtable discussion where we'll bring together the uh, some, some stakeholders and, and experts, and, and we'll just be looking to explore where is the industry today, where are the points of pain that we're feeling today, what are the things that are keeping people up at night, and so it's not all doom and gloom. We'll talk about some of the success, successful strategies and ways in which institutions and, uh, and organizations are being proactive in addressing the threats that are coming up. And, and so, you know, the goal is to not only have a, a good sharing of ideas, but also have people leave with, with some actionable ideas that they can bring back and apply in their own shop. And then, Julie, what about RSA generally? How prominent do you expect mobile security to be during the conference overall? Yeah, every year, as you as you know, you see a theme at RSA, um, and it's everybody's coming together around this, the same concept. Last year, the cloud seemed to be one of the, the big concepts. This year, I fully expect that mobile will be one of the hot topics because you know, leading up to, to RSA, that is absolutely something that is top of mind for all of the folks that I speak to across the value chain, from financial institutions to the vendors to the e-commerce companies to the security companies. So I, I think mobile will absolutely be uh, the, the theme of this year's conference. And then what about other topics that may be of interest during this year's conference? Um, you know, I think uh, we will definitely see some conversation around EMV um, yeah, and uh, you know, se- secure payments along those lines because that is certainly something that's a hot topic in the U.S. market. Um, you know, cloud has been a, a consistent theme over the last couple of years. I, I expect that to be no different. Um, and, uh, you know, again, this is nothing new, but it's it's something that is pervasive and ongoing. PCI, I expect to, uh, to have a lot of discussion um, as well as just other and network security types of initiatives. And then before we close, Julie, what final thoughts about mobile security and RSA would you like to leave our audience with? I, you know, it's, I, I think mobile security is like, is like everything else, that as I speak with, with individuals and institutions, um, in many cases we're seeing folks that uh, plan to spend but are kind of waiting to either incur some losses that will help them ju- justify their business case, or, or they're waiting to see what kinds of threats develop. Um, you know, in, in one of our surveys, we actually asked that question, you know, what, what are your spending plans relative to mobile security? And, and fully 25% of respondents plan to increase their spend, but they're waiting to see, you know, where the, where the threat vectors materialize. Um, to the extent possible, I think people are going to need to be a lot more proactive because, as, as we're seeing, the, the threats are coming fast and furious, you know, the bad guys are innovating very rapidly, and uh, you, know, you, you can't be taking a wait-and-see approach. We need to bring some of the learnings from the online environment over to mobile. There's a lot of st- successful strategies from the online that can help to mitigate some of the emerging threats that we're seeing in mobile. So uh, to the extent possible, people need to be proactive, 
Um, otherwise, uh, they're going to be the ones that are going to be exposed, and the bad guys are, are always very quick to, to capitalize on that. Julie, I'm going to thank you again for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks, Tracy. Again, we just heard from Julie McNelly of ITE. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.